0: Hey, everybody. Steve here, Local Level Podcast. I'm sitting here today with Andy Height. He is a professional business coach. Uh, He is uh, a positive person, somebody that uh, would definitely be beneficial if you're in the business space to maybe reach out and get a little bit of uh, inspiration and some support from him. Uh, You can learn more about Andy Height at andyheightcoaching.com. And Andy, it's a real pleasure to have you on. Thanks.
1: Thanks for having me Steve. I'm I'm excited to see where this conversation goes. I appreciate the invitation.
0: De- definitely. Yeah, and we we had a really good conversation um, you know, about a week ago or maybe it was a little longer than that because we had a couple mm-hmm. back and forths, but um, you know, with coaching, people think a lot of different things. People hear about coaches and they think, well, I can't afford that or, you know, that doesn't work or that's, you know, this and that. Tell us why coaching is important. Tell us. Give it. Give us your case on why people should uh, look into coaching.
1: I love it. Yeah, there's there's certainly a lot of opinions out there about coaching, some of them informed, some of them not. The problem with coaching is it's it's a it's an unregulated field. Mm -hmm. So, Steve, you could walk out on the street and say, you know, I'm a transformational coach. Give me 10 grand and let's go Um, and a lot of that happens a lot and gives the industry a bad name. Right. Um, but what I can tell you is coaching is powerful. Um, I like to say nobody needs a coach, but everyone could use a coach. Um, I like to work with people who are like super motivated to, to, to become the best and to unearth their, their potential. Um, and that's where coaching can be really powerful. I've, I've seen clients, uh, Double triple their revenue. I've seen them go from feeling um, depressed, for lack of a better, uh, better word, to just thriving in life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a powerful tool, um, not unlike you know an athlete coming out of college going into the pros. Right, mm-hmm. they already have skill sets. They already know what they're doing, but they want to up level. Um, their abilities. So they engage uh, the services of a coach. We can do the same thing in life and business.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, with, with a lot of different things, I mean, if you're, if you're working out um, just having somebody kind of in your corner rooting for you, telling you, Hey, go a little further, work a little harder and it's a lot more rewarding. You know, people want to do what's comfortable a lot of times. So you need somebody to kind of get you out of that comfort zone to, uh, to succeed. I feel like, you know, you got to work your business muscles, too, sometimes. And a hundred
1: percent. Yeah, it's it's all about setting oneself up to to be able to achieve whatever it is that they want in life. And I'm a firm, firm believer that every one of us, every listener out there has potential that is untapped. Right. Um, and I love to work with those that are brave enough to kind of look under the hood to see where they need to make some shifts mm-hmm. in order to tap into that potential.
0: Yeah, and what? So that's an interesting topic. I mean, uh, looking inside yourself and finding those hidden talents, or you know, finding the confidence to pursue your dreams. I think mm-hmm. that's a lot of things that you know, a lot of people. Um, maybe there's just hesitation because they're 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 maybe they're, they're shy or they're scared or. Maybe they failed a few times and they don't want to you know, look bad again or, you know, various reasons. What are some of the biggest um, obstacles that you have been able to help people overcome uh, to 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 get that success that you're talking about?
1: Yeah. So with with all humans, essentially, there are some we come to life with a, a set of beliefs and yeah. attitudes and and perspectives. Um, those are given to us from uh, our childhood, from our parents and our communities, schools, siblings, friends, right? And so um, a lot of those beliefs, perspectives, attitudes help us in life, but a lot were, were handed down to us. They're right. not They're not truly ours, mm-hmm. right? And so what we like to do in coaching is to kind of peel away all of those beliefs and thoughts and attitudes that were handed down to, to really discover who the, the authentic person is. And when Mm. we can do that, we find that that things begin to align and their potential becomes, starts to blossom. Right. Um, Go ahead.
0: Well, so no, I mean that, that ties into what you, what you mentioned when we were talking uh, privately, you know, about, Um, that there's a kind of like a crossover with counseling and, uh, you know, it's not the same, obviously it's different, but, you know, there's a lot of kind of crossover things. There's a lot of things that, that, uh, you know, could, uh, I guess benefit your mental health, uh, with this, you know, whether it's managing stress or, you know, uh, uh, managing expectations and failure and all those things, you know, cause that's what business owners deal with. Most of the yeah. time, you know, I mean, those are the the hurdles, at least for me um, mm-hmm. and other people that I've spoken to. So, you know, when you're talking about peeling back the onion, what are the layers that you're getting people to peel off? What what are the most uh, burdensome things that people have to deal with? Would you say?
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you bring up stress, right? Because stress and anxiety is just fear manifested into an emotional response. Right. Right. Um, and. That those fears, which we all have come from a different Genesis and, and they kind of control us in many ways. Hmm. What we like to do in coaching is if we can kind of shine a light on that fear or what that stress and what the, the underlying, um, kind of, for lack of a better word, disease, yeah. the stress is just a symptom. We can understand that Really, it's not as scary as as we may think it is. Um, it 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 doesn't have to play out the way often doesn't play out the way we think mm-hmm. it may. Right. Um. So oftentimes just shining a light on it, it is helpful to kind of demystify those things that that cause us stress. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fear is a big thing. Fear of failure, like we say. Um. So with with a business owner and so let, let's let's uh, let's back up a little bit because I think we sure we're we're an understanding, um, you know, that you got to face your fears. There's that's that's, um, you know, it's a cliche, but it is for a reason. Right. Um, yeah. How did you get to a place where you were able to overcome that personally so you could get to where you are to be able to kind of uh, expose that for other people or help them expose it for other people?
1: It's an excellent question and and i'll just use myself as an example right in my 30s i'm now in my mid 40s um i've always had the entrepreneurial spirit Mm -hmm. um but i could never gain a lot of traction um and i was always very confused by that because Mm -hmm. i think of myself as a relatively intelligent person um, and able to accomplish a lot and so i started working with a coach and we discovered oddly enough that and this was antithetical to anything I thought was possible, that in fact, I was afraid of success. Mm. And so anytime I got close to it, I would in some ways self-sabotage oh, yeah. so that I wouldn't get so close. And and how we kind of came to that understanding was looking at my childhood, right? Mm-hmm. Um, while it wasn't necessarily therapy, it's, it's interesting to see how things play out. Um, for me, when I was a, a kid, I, I remember oftentimes, and I think I, I shared this with you when we spoke. Uh, mm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I would I'd be in the dining room waiting on my dad to come home. Yeah. And my mother would always tell me, you know, that he's working late. Uh, he'll be home around nine and and i'd be disappointed and and how she would explain it to me was we we lived in a nice home we took nice vacations and she would say things like you know he's just trying to provide a great life for you um and and the family and in my young 7-year-old brain i kind of equated that to my father was trading his relationships for success mm. worldly financial success and in 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 certain ways i tied those together To think when i got as to become an adult that if i got too close to that success i would have to sacrifice relationships wow and so just like we were talking earlier shining a light on the fear and understanding why that fear is there is so helpful because then i could realize oh i understand this is why i'm ticking the way i'm ticking Mm -hmm. but i know that if i achieve more my wife and my children aren't going to love me less. Right. So it's not a trade off. That's right. It wasn't a trade off. So it gave me permission to uh, experiment more and more down the road and prove my fears wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of what we do in coaching is, is we, we really honor the stress, the anxiety, the worry, the fear, because it's, it's always there to help us.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And the more we understand what it is and why it's there, the more we can work with it and move beyond it.
0: Yeah, that's deep. There's a lot of there's a lot of things to unpack in that, um, you know, just personally with, you know, kind of having that from your childhood, you know, having it, having it, you know, it's an emotional thing. You know, I mean, you wanted to see your dad. You you know, I mean, it's important, you know, as you're growing up, you don't understand, you know, how the world works and, you know, why you can't see him. And, and you know, it's uh, I think a lot of times, uh, children in particular will will make that about them. You know, there's nothing else in the world other than what I can see, right? That's right. So that that is a very powerful thing, and I, I would imagine that it was pretty difficult to, you know, get to that point and realize that and overcome it. How did that process work for you? Was it, I mean, was it just I had an aha moment, or did you have to work through it? Do you still have to work through it? Um, let us talk um, about that a little. All bit. All the above, right? Um, okay. So
1: I was working. I, I was working with a coach at, at the time, and and we were really working more around my points of view around money, and mm. it kind of we ended up there. Um, but it was through the coaching that we explored my childhood and what success looked like in my family mm. and what love looked like in my family, and we kind of just stumbled upon it, and it became, as you said, an aha moment. Mm. I literally. Um, We were on a Skype call just like this. um, And I said, oh, shit. Is it okay if I say? Yeah, sure.
0: Say anything you want. Yeah. I was
1: like, oh, shit. Maybe I've tied those, intertwined those things like a pretzel. And maybe I'm actually scared of losing the people in my life if Mm -hmm. I gain more. And so that that really became an aha moment, as you pointed out. And then systematically over time, just. As I said, experimenting, gain, giving myself permission to go a little further, gain more success and see, prove to myself that, yeah, those that I love aren't leaving and I'm not leaving them. Yeah. And so, you know. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, to to kind of think about just what's going on today in the world and, you know, all the stresses, the extra stresses that people have, especially, you know, it's one thing if you fail because you failed, you know, but it's another thing if you fail due to you know circumstances outside your control and you know there's always some of that you know and everything there's you know things happen around you and you have to deal with it but you know now it's it's like you know with this shutdown you know you you can't it's illegal to be in business for some people or you know even if you're not necessarily a business owner um you know but you you know general people just working in offices working for other people you know these same things come into play so well, what are some of the things that you have been dealing with with your clients? Um, what are some of the uh, what's some of the feedback that you've you've gotten or what are some of the helpful tips that you can kind of, you know, give a, a free sample to for the people listening?
1: Sure, 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 sure. Um, and I just kind of want to back up to that word failure because it ties into your question. Mm-hmm. I don't like that word Okay. because it gets thrown away around far too much. Yeah. You know, when I work with clients and, and we talk about, for instance, you know, a client who is releasing a new product, so to speak, mm-hmm. and if it doesn't land, is that a failure? Mm. I posit no, because, you know, I like to look at life, the light, say the life of a business, like a tennis match, right? Right. L- look at how that's scored. You have point, you have i'm not a tennis player so i might screw this up a little bit but you have point you have um set and
0: match match
1: right? set match and then game right right so it is is the the release of one product is that the whole game
0: right it's or is not. that
1: in fact just a point
0: yeah yeah you know, no that makes Simon perfect Sinek sense
1: has a- Simon Siddick has a great book called *The Infinite Game*, mm-hmm. um, and I like for all of my clients to read it because what it what it illustrates is oftentimes we put timelines on our businesses, and what all that does is hurt us. Yeah, because the entrepreneur, the entrepreneurial spirit, is trying things, is putting things out there, experimenting, and if and if we look at one instance of quote unquote failure and 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 assign that it, it does something to our psyche. Mm-hmm. What I, I like to just say it's just a point. Right. Right? Yeah. Would Michael Jordan be considered a failure if he only won five championships? <laughs> right. Right.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I it's it's uh that's a really good point. I mean it's it's almost um it's almost so simple that it seems like oh we shouldn't even talk about it. But it's it's People really don't think of that. They think of everything in the right now. They think of well, you know, I have this goal, and if you know, if I have all these, you know, if I really planned well and I wrote the perfect business plan, and I, you know, have all my ducks lined up, uh, you know, I'm a failure if it doesn't work according to plan. And it's it's funny that you say that because I literally just had a uh, a conversation with um, a friend of mine that uh, he was looking to without giving too much detail um he was looking to start something new he wanted to do some sort of online business uh, and he's not you know he, it's new to him you know um mm-hmm. he's a very uh like um you know uh, he he needs to have a plan you know he's a, a meticulous type of planning type of person and you know kind of sometimes you can get neurotic with that you know you set yourself up for failure and you know i was kind of just talking him through some of the different things you know um he was just asking for you know a little bit of advice and i was telling him you know like you just have to start doing things you have to start trying things because if you plan this all out all the way through it's never going to add up to what you uh think it's going to be because not everything's controllable you know the customers have to come to you you know sometimes you know it's like you can only go so far and um you know it's 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 hard sometimes because people come from a different, um, you know, type of like uh, uh, world, you know, where like there's there's guidelines and there's, you know, standards and all that. But when the in the entrepreneurial space, the, the people that kind of make waves and do things a little bit more unconventionally are the ones that usually get noticed, you know, uh, a lot more. And and I was just uh, I, I think that that's that's a, getting back to what you're saying. I think that if you just over plan and you never execute, then you're setting yourself up. You're making a business plan for
1: failure, almost. You know. So, what do you think about that? A hundred and ten percent perfect in my practice is a bad word, right? Because I know so many. I am guilty of it as well. So many entrepreneurs, business people. Um, it's not just in entrepreneurship and in life. We plan so much because we're kind of afraid of what the the feedback is going to be. Right. That. Oftentimes, we never put the thing out there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or we tinker with it so much that it kind of diminishes its power. Right. Um, per- perfect is the enemy of good. Hmm. You know what I like to tell my clients is get messy, mm-hmm. come up with an iteration of something, and throw it out there. You know, if nothing else, market. Do some market research and test it. Yeah. But don't wait until the the website is perfect, the business cards are perfect, mm-hmm. the product in your mind is perfect. Get it out into the the minds and hands of the consumers and let them tell you. Right. Because they always will. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you what it needs to be. And so often ideas just stall in an office or in a in a mind because we're waiting for that that imaginary, like light bulb yeah. to say, now it's time. Right. Which and that never, never
0: happens. happens. Never happens. Yeah, it never happens. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I do marketing for a living and, you know, I mean, uh, that's, that's one of the biggest things dealing with people is like, you, let's figure out what your goals are and let's start trying things, you know, let's take some actions and see what the results are so we can, fine tune things over time while it's actually out there and it's actually, you know, generating something, whether it's buzz or, or you know, uh, you know, people hate it or love it. At least, you know, you know, you'll never know if, unless you try, you know, and, and I, I don't like the word try, but it's, you know, sometimes you have to take a few cracks at it, you know? A hundred
1: percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at all the shots again, going back to Michael Jordan, all the shots that he missed, yeah. all the games that he lost. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if, any of those moments caused him any hesitation, he wouldn't be the best of all time. Mm-hmm. He went at it with just a passion and pursuit that it's going to happen the way yeah. that he planned.
0: Yeah. And, and one of the things that just uh, on the Michael Jordan thing, you know, one of the things uh, he always used to do is he would visualize the ball going through the hoop, you know, he would he'd visualize himself over and over, even when he wasn't physically doing it. Um, And this is there's something to be said about this. It's uh, that mental conditioning of, you know, just visualizing, you know, in your mind, how 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 does the ball feel in your hands? You know, you know, all those different things. You know I mean? I don't know if you I don't even know what book that's from, but it's from something. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's really effective. I think they just did a study on that recently. They released something about how um, and I'm going to butcher this, but basically just Reaffirming what I just said, you know that that it really does make a physical difference in your performance if you visualize before you go to bed. and um I w- do you have any experience with that? Do you do any type of uh, exercises with that in your coaching?
1: A hundred percent what what I know to be true is what we think, the thoughts that we think on a daily basis, inform our beliefs. yeah, right. so we're we're constantly um, either, shifting our beliefs by our thoughts or reaffirming them by our thoughts mm. and what we believe we become powerful. And so going back to your, your, uh, analogy or, or, or um, the visual a- visualization is by visualizing, for instance, shooting into a basket, you then believe you have the ability to do it. Right. 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 That it's going to happen. That as long as you take motion, it's going in and so yes we talk about that constantly in in coaching with not only visualizing one success um but believing that it's possible yeah and in fact a lot of the the one of the first things i often tell talk to people in an initial coaching call is is i'll i'll play this nlp game with them uh, nlp is neuro-linguistic yeah. programming um and i'll get them kind of three years into the future imagining what success is like what 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 it feels like what it tastes like what it smells like where they are and what happens is they actually start to live in that moment hmm. as that person that's interesting and so they will give a feedback of how that person stands what what self esteem is like in that person their their belief their confidence and what we discover is it's all right there already. Hmm. Hmm. It's just their beliefs that kind of put a mask over it. So what we talk about is act as if yeah. you are that person three years down the road.
0: Yeah. Have you ever heard of um, Success Cybernetics by U.S. Anderson? Um, I don't think I have. If you haven't, put it on your list. It's an older book. It's I mean, it's been around since I think it was written originally in like the 60s. And U.S. Anderson mm-hmm. was a was a uh, a football player turned. He was basically a pioneer in that kind of like the. Um, I know it sounds like uh, so the cybernetics of it is basically using your mind kind of as running a program and you know kind of changing the program running in your mind and uh, you know mm-hmm. they talk it's kind of written in short stories. Uh, it's it's a good read if you if you have a chance. Um, but I'll pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that that's that's one of those things, you know, act it as if one of the stories in there is uh, about the pecking order, you know, like, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if you act as if you're the boss, sooner or later, you will be the boss because people will start, you know, treating you as the boss because it's what you command. It's presence, you know, and um, and there, there's really is something about that. Um, I think that it's it's very powerful just changing the perspective and kind of like, you know, your mindset is everything that you go into, every thought that comes through your mind. You know, there's you you have your baggage kind of placed into it and it's packaged in a certain light and just kind of taking mm-hmm. that wrapping off and just repackaging it into something different is all the difference sometimes, you know, the same yep. types of things. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that that aspect of the coaching because it's really hard to um I guess people think it's really hard sometimes to just snap yourself out, you know. Um, So. How do you get through to people when you're having these conversations with people, I would assume that people give you some pushback and like, no, that's you know, that's not going to this is this is not going to not going to work. I can't just do that. Or, or are there any type of like emotional responses? Do you, do you get kind of pushback where people uh, aren't willing to accept certain things? Tell me about that type of part of your job.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's an excellent question. Um, I think um, I'm certain that's possible in coaching. Um, the way that I build my business is is I have lots of touch points along the way before a person becomes a client. Mm. And so chances are, if if a person is coming in with a lot of skepticism and doubt, they probably wouldn't be the, the client for me. Um because I, I really do kind of do a lot of screening for coachability. Okay. Um and it does take uh a person that is just as cliche as it, it as it may sound, someone that's willing to walk up to the edge and jump. Mm. Wow. Right, because that's the entrepreneurial spirit, right? Mm. It really is that person that that needs to adopt some amount of fearlessness yeah. to experiment, to put something out in the world without knowing what the response is gonna be in return. And coaching is kind of the same way. There, there needs to be some amount of blind faith.
0: Yeah, I, I actually, uh, one one of the things that really does resonate with me about the coaching thing um, is the fact that there's an there's a level of skin in the game that you have when you're paying somebody to you know uh, uh, you know point in the right direction and kind of assist you like you are. Um, if if you know I was just talking about somebody about pricing, you know I think we talked about pricing pricing according you know accordingly you know if if you if if you give it away for free it doesn't necessarily have any perceived value it's just it's you know whatever it doesn't matter I didn't invest anything in this you know I'll give it a try. But if you spend $10,000 on something, you're going to try a lot harder. I feel like uh, is that
1: a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, it's funny when I first started coaching, I would take on like friends for free as clients hmm. to practice and to also like to want to give to them. Yeah. Um, and almost always if it's free or the, as you say, there's no skin in the game. It's too easy to let go. Yeah. You know, one one of the things that we do ask of clients is not only to invest in yourself with time and energy, but with money, Mm -hmm. Um, because it does signify your level of commitment. And if you really do believe in yourself and in the work, you know, you'll get a return on that investment.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. For
1: instance, and I have no problem talking about what I spend. Um, I, I, I pay my coach $50,000 a year.
0: Holy smokes, man. It's a lot. You, you definitely trust that guy a lot. I don't know if I would do that, but, uh, woman. Oh, okay. Well, woman say,
1: um, here's the thing. I mean, I can see it on the bottom line. I wouldn't be, uh, where I am. And I wouldn't have the kinds of clients that I do. And I would, all of those things wouldn't happen if I didn't have somebody in my corner challenging me to, to dig deeper and to, to find more of that hidden potential. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the reason why most Fortune 500 boards get uh, coaches for their C suites. Yeah, um, and if that doesn't happen, a lot of those C suites go out and hire coaches on their own because they know it makes a difference. Yeah, from Oprah to Bill Gates to to you name them. They all have coaches
0: yeah th- i mean they're like you said in the beginning they're not all created equal obviously uh you know some are better than others and i guess it's really I-, I feel like there's probably a personality thing in there too you know even if it's a really good coach for this person might not resonate with a different person but um i i agree and you know we have had not on this show but my partner on his other show uh interviewed several coaches um we also went down to uh 10x growth Con, uh, in Miami a couple of years back, uh, you know, to see the live, you know, uh, Grant Cardone and all that stuff. And, you know, you can, you can tell some, some of the people are, are kind of greasy, you know, it's kind of like, you know, like, Hey, you know, look at what I'm getting this guy to pay me type of thing. And that's not cool. But, you know, there are some really serious stories, uh, you know, that, that I totally believe, you know, and I've seen actual changes in people, um, you know, from working with somebody and, and, you know, especially in, I think, group environments where it's a you know like a mastermind type of group. Mm-hmm. Um, not mm-hmm. only is it a one on one type of coach, which I, I feel would be really beneficial for certain things, but um, to have that group accountability, kind of that check in, you know, people are kind of doing it together. Do you do anything like that?
1: I do. I, I have a, uh, a group called uh, 3C Crew. Mm-hmm. Um, 3C standing for confidence, uh, uh, courage, confidence and creativity. Um, and there's about 10 people in that, uh, group we meet once a week. Um, and I'm also, um, looking to put together the beginning of 21, uh, a mastermind group of about five to six men and women. Hmm. Um, because I agree with you. I, I, I'm in a mastermind as well. Um, they are incredibly powerful. Yeah. If you get in a group of like-minded people who push one another I can I can literally point to various things in my business that have been success as a direct result of that mastermind group
0: yeah yeah when it's actually real and it pays off and you can actually you know you can see the results and the return and, and not only that but you have good relationships with people that um, you know they don't go away you know you, when you kind of accomplish something together it's fun to check in and see how it's working out for other people so no I, I think that's uh it's a really important thing. Now I mean aside from just a mastermind group, what are your thoughts on um just general networking groups, you know, around communities. What do you have any pointers or tips uh you know that people maybe uh are if they're thinking about that. I know it's not as there's not as many of them now cuz things are closed down, but um you can still find them if you look hard enough. What what would you suggest people look for?
1: Yeah, that's an excellent question. I'm a a huge advocate of networking. Um, I certainly miss in-person networking. Yeah. Um, but I'm an odd person. I'm a very introverted person, but I enjoy networking. Um, I'm i I'm a part of two groups. Um, and I do have very, um, strong thoughts on what good networking is and isn't. Um, I really believe that when folks go to networking, that they not go, and enter into a conversation as we are now trying to sell something to the other person. Yeah. Um, a lot of people do that and it's, it's sleazy. It doesn't feel good for anybody. Yeah. Um, and isn't the true nature of what good networking is. My belief is really being in a conversation where you can create, um, meaningful relationships with people that then you can, you become a support to one another. Whether that's referrals or information and resources, but the more people that we have in our network, so to speak, that can support us, that believe in us, that that frankly just like us, the more powerful our network becomes. Yeah. Um, we've we've all gone to those networking events where you know somebody walks up, asks what you do, and they 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 immediately want to tell you about their product, and if they get a sense at all that you're not interested
0: you're oh, dead to them they won't. Yeah, right right
1: yeah that's and i believe they're not there in a year
0: yeah well most of the time yeah for for probably the you know from from their own uh uh doing but also from the other people's you know not not ever buying what they're selling um but yeah that that is a that is something that that i find um i think we yeah like, like you, you hit it on the head i mean everybody kind of knows the you know the hard fast pitch every single time type of thing and i think some i've been guilty of it uh you know i'm not going to lie I, I, you know i've done that and and i i always like man i shouldn't have I, I shouldn't have done that you know i i i feel like now with so many different things that we have uh especially like when when we're we're trying to you know find a networking group or we're trying to find some way to market a uh, our, our product or You know, if we have a friend that we're trying to promote, you know, there's just so many there's so many options out there. How do you sort those out? You know, like, do you come to a coach? Would you help? Would you help somebody find another networking group? What are some of the things to navigate for? You know, I'm just throwing stuff out there because this is all interesting stuff. I'm an introvert, too. I, I do this podcast and, you know, I used to do this podcast in person. Um, and that was the most networking that I would do to be honest with you, cause I'm a digital yeah. person. Um, but it's, I don't know what, what's your recommendation for people that are kind of, I don't know what to do. I don't know anything about it. What, what do you think?
1: I think the, the thing to do is to have as many conversations as you can. Um, and I almost encourage people to do it without talking about their business. Listen, right. sure. Yeah. ask questions and listen, you know, there's now that the world is shrinking. And, it, and since COVID it shrunk even more because, you know, we can talk to anyone around the world from our living room. And so when people go out to find a business to patronize, whatever it is that they need, the options are endless. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is people have so many choices that they can choose to do business with as we, everyone's heard this, but people they know, like, and trust. Mm. And so I firmly believe our job as entrepreneurs, as business people is first and foremost, to be a person that people know, like, and trust. And when that happens, the door then becomes open to talk about your service, your product, um, what it is that you do. Um, but I always lead with asking about them. Um, And actually I can give you a a really practical thing that I do all the time that I started maybe three months ago and I've gotten more one-on-one conversations from this than almost anything else I've done. On LinkedIn, I will find people that, that are connected to people that I know and that seem like they may be inspirational to me or a good fit for my business right and i will uh ask them to connect you know and those that connect i take my phone and i record a 60 second hello hmm. never once do i mention what i do or what they could do for me or offer to do anything for them i literally say something like um hey i'm, I'm so glad that we're connected um just want to kind of put a personal message out there to put a face and a voice to a little icon on the screen right. um i hope all is well with you and i hope one days our pa- paths will cross and that's it that's and powerful. people are so floored by that that it's it's a genuine simple hello that people respond and say hey you want to have a virtual coffee opposed to and we've all gotten them. I'm sure you've gotten many too. Hey, this is what I do. If you ever need any help in in this area, right. contact me. Yeah. And you always delete it, don't you?
0: Yeah. I don't even know. I honestly i i I yeah. don't even open their messages on LinkedIn anymore because the inbox is yeah. just full of those. Um, I mean, I'll yeah. I'll occasionally do it to clear it out. Now I'll browse through them quickly. I I at least give people like, is this person actually speaking to me or is this a robot? And um, that, it's it's hard with with LinkedIn, I think a lot of times because there is that um, you figured out that's a great technique. That's that's a great. I mean, I would honestly reply to that because I would be impressed that you actually took the time. And it's not just an automated bot that is you know you're sending out to everybody in the area. Um, but yeah, there there are so many of those bots that it, it almost cheapens that experience a lot of times because there's just so much. There's so much.
1: Um, well. And the, and the thing to highlight in that is the reason it's pseudo successful is because it's just real and personal and authentic and not wanting something. Right. People are so tired of, of getting the knock of, Hey, can I sell you my vacuum cleaner? No, I don't want your vacuum cleaner. Yeah. And so when it, when it is actual, just an honest human connection, people are, it's a breath of fresh air.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. That I mean, that that is something that I think people know that because they feel that, but it's it's hard to you know act that way when you're you know you, be, being mindful of how you're coming across and what you're actually doing, you know, because the, the training, the the techniques that people like all the old school techniques is you know here's my product, you know, here's this and that, you know, so cold call, cold
1: call, yeah. cold call, cold call, right?
0: Smile and dial, yeah. And it's uh, it's it's just a numbers game. And that is that is saturated. That is that that type of approach is tired. And I think that's really great advice. Uh, I I mean, so I
1: haven't I hadn't done it for a while, but yesterday I sent out and if anybody's listening and they don't feel like they're special and they're learning that I've done this to like a hundred people, I apologize, but I did want to reach out to you specifically. But yesterday, I think I sent out twenty to twenty-five greetings. You know, each one made individual for that person. I read up on their their bio, what they do. Um, I make sure that if it's a a name that's unique that I've done some research research and can pronounce it correctly. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> um, and I probably sent out 20 to 25 and got four requests for a coffee. Yeah,
0: that's that's great. I mean, that's and I bet you that those conversations will be enlightening for both both sides. You know, you'll learn something. Yeah. they will learn and, something. There's no obligation. And
1: here's the thing. Oftentimes, the person that I'm talking to, even in that coffee, they're not the client for me, but what we're doing through networking is we're just planting seeds. Yeah. You know, and then I'll get a call and say, oh, you know, you and I, we we met, uh, we had a great conversation. In fact, my brother is starting a new business. Um, would you talk with him? I'm like, hell yeah. I'd yeah. love to talk with him. Definitely. And even in, in my business, um, I spend, I think I mentioned this to you i spend two to four hours with a client a potential client before i'll even allow us to talk about working together because i want to make sure that that person is excited they've experienced what coaching is and what it can be um and i also kind of like to as we talked earlier screen out the people that aren't going to be game to play yeah how do you so there's many touch points along the way
0: yeah and and i i can see that I, I mean your time is valuable and you don't want to be if it's if you if you don't get the sense that what you're going to do is not you know is going to get across if you if you don't feel like it's going to you're, you're going to accomplish then it's a, it's not worth your time either you know um so i get that what are some of the biggest red flags that you get from people besides just oh, i don't trust coaches what do you gotta what's your pitch you know obviously that would be a big red flag for you i'd figure but Yes. What are some of the little ones that you don't necessarily think of uh, a lot of times?
1: Um, I find that the most coachable people are people that, that take a hundred percent ownership of the quality of their life and their work. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just looking to, to uplevel those. Um, I find that when people blame the world, mm-hmm. when people mm-hmm. yeah. blame a partner, when people blame the economy, when people find blame, um, they're they're still not um, taking full ownership of of their situation, and typically, not always, but typically they're less coachable. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of times when when a person can make that shift, though, when they realize, oh yeah, that's right, I'm I'm blaming external circumstances yeah. for my internal reality. Um, And it's really powerful when a person can make that shift.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's a huge, huge game changer. I mean, once you stop blaming everybody but yourself, you know, uh, you're you're in good shape. I mean, that's that's one of the biggest steps you can take. I I know that, Um, you know, I mean, I when I was young, you know, younger, young teenager and stuff, I you know, everybody I think we talked about childhoods. Um, you mm-hmm. know, your childhood, you bring a lot of these things in, you know, maybe you maybe something did happen to you. And, you know, when you're a kid, you know, it is other people's fault a lot of times. But when you grow up and you don't start realizing, well, hey, I'm in control of my life now, you know, I have the ability to make the decisions that affect my life totally, you know, for the most part. Right. Yeah. Um, but once you do that, it like, it opens so many different doors for you like just in your mind and you know you you view the world in a different light um ha- how many how many people have you have you i guess you say you you kind of weed that out at the beginning but have you had those trans transformative like aha moments happen a lot with your clients i mean can you tell us about some of the success stories some of the breakthroughs you know to kind of give us a sense of like How powerful this actually can be, you know, if you allow it to
1: be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, I can come up with probably several examples. I have one client, um, a past client. Um, He was a financial services provider. Um, In terms of clients, one of the best had a a book of a lot of clients. But in terms of um, dollars managed was middle of the road and I really wanted to to kind of figure out why that was. Um, And so through the the course of our coaching, um, we realized he had an unconscious bias against uh, a certain demographic. Hmm. Um, The demographic that he was certainly very comfortable with, he did very well with. But when it came to type A, C-suite type men, it wasn't something that he was necessarily conscious of that he was uncomfortable around. Hmm. So when we kind of dug beneath uh, the hood a bit and discovered that, we created a a plan to sort of face those discomforts, and within a month started signing more of those clients, hmm. and and the his book of business um, really took off just by discovering one small unconscious bias
0: right I had yeah. another
1: client who came to me because he was feeling very overwhelmed and alone um those of us that are entrepreneurs know all too well that it's a lonely field oh, yeah. you know when yeah. things go wrong when things are stressful there's nobody to turn to there's nobody to delegate to or there's no one to go above and say i need help right yeah and so Um, he was experiencing a lot of that and he was just thinking, you know, he had his ideas of why he was feeling overwhelmed. Um, but what we discovered was he had, uh, two of his core values were service and freedom Mm. and which had nothing to do with any part of the business. He was the kind of person that would, he couldn't say no. Mm, Yeah. So when people would come to him wanting, uh, his help, he would always say yes, because that was a major core value for him. Hmm. But what he didn't realize was by honoring that core value, he was dishonoring his value of freedom, which threw off the entire system and it made him constantly feel overwhelmed. And by putting in some structure of boundaries, he was able to honor both, both be of service and have the freedom that he desired and so it really freed up the the system for him that that he no longer felt uh stressed and overwhelmed and that kind of thing I mean there's just a couple of examples yeah those there's,
0: are great examples tons of them yeah yeah I mean it's everybody's got an example I figure if you can get to it right yeah um so yeah. it's it's uh man that is powerful stuff uh it, it's it's definitely something that i I know is just like you know we talked about with counseling and I know you kind of uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your, what you, what you told, uh, uh, told me on the phone about the con- counseling versus uh, the coaching and kind of why you went down this path.
1: And in, in terms of what coaching is and isn't.
0: Yeah. Right. I guess like uh, w- yeah. we were talking about uh, that, you felt, I remember you were saying that you kind of felt like maybe getting into counseling, maybe psychology would have been your path. Yeah. Um, if you, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah. So, so how I got into coaching was, um, about seven years ago, um, I was doing some deep work with a therapist and, um, she looked over at me one day and she goes, I really think, uh, you should consider being a therapist because you think like a therapist. You understand how um, uh, previous uh, uh, childhood and teenage years and and things inform how people show up. And I was really flattered by that. Yeah. Since my early twenties, I've been a, a just a devout um, devourer. Is that a word? I would devour <laughs> is now. personal development. It is now, right? Yeah. Um, so I kind of loved that idea. And i went away and i did some research and i was like oh hell no i'm not going back to school for six years um at the time the average salary for a psychotherapist was it wouldn't have kind of served my family with what i was doing at the time so i just kind of tabled it Um, three years later i'm working with another therapist who oddly said the same thing and so Hmm. I'm I'm telling myself that you know the universe is saying something. It's pointing me in a direction, but I don't understand it. Um, which is a great lesson for me to learn because I I can be helpful to my clients in that way. Just be open. Yeah. Right. It's not always obvious when the signs the information comes in. Just be open. Um, so fast forward a little bit more time. I'm working with a coach because I was it was new to me and I wanted to experience it. Um, And i made incredible strides that's where i discovered my fear of success um and so i got really excited by it and and i was looking at what i was paying that coach and i thought this might (laughs) be something to explore sure and so yeah i went away and got certified uh figured i'd kind of try it on and got my first client and never looked back i mean i immediately sort of told my wife i'm like Oh hell, we we might have to think about a career shift and and that kind of thing. So we yeah. just sort of set the ball in motion for for it all to happen.
0: Well, I'll tell you, um, you know, I mean, I, I have conversations with people recorded or not recorded all the time, different walks of life, different industries, and you definitely have an energy to you that uh, I feel. I just I I feel that energy. You you definitely have a lot of you know, positivity and helpful thoughts, uh, you know, I, I know that um, I, I've spoken to some coaches before that I was like, well, you know, I don't even, this is not even fun talking to you, you know, <laughs> you totally <laughs> I'm different. I'm not that yeah, bad, you're dude. not that person with, you know, somebody totally no energy whatsoever. You are the opposite. You are uh, uh, definitely somebody that I would, um, you know, consider uh, uh, recommending and, and maybe even I'll contact you for for some, some coaching. Um, but I definitely uh you know, want to respect your time. I we this this hour always goes by so quickly. Um, but I'm free, my friend. Well, I, I I definitely want to uh let everybody reach out to you and contact you. So uh the best place to reach you, uh Andy um and anywhere else, uh, anything else that you want to leave for the audience, um uh, now's your uh, now's your time.
1: Actually, I appreciate that. Um, I I also run for anyone interested in and in just like being a part of my community. I I have a Facebook group called Entrepreneur Success Principles. It's a free group. Um, uh, I very rarely I can't say that I never do, but I very rarely sell or hawk anywhere in there. It's just uh, inspiration conversation. Um, it's a great group right now, of about 260 strong, and we'd love to have any of your listeners pop over and, and see if it's a, a fit, you know, a community fit.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll definitely link to that. We'll link, uh, we'll put all the links in the information. And, um, you know, Andy, it's a real pleasure talking to you. Uh, I, I appreciate all your time. Likewise. And, um, you know, likewise for anybody else, like I say, Andy Height, AndyHeightCoaching.com. Check him out. And uh, it's a pleasure. I'll talk to you again soon.
1: Thanks, Steve.